Welcome to the Band Voices podcast. This is Joseph Dunnigan. Band Voices is the podcast from the Band Books Museum, a museum in Tallinn, Estonia, that exhibits and preserves books from around the world that have been banned, burned and censored. In this podcast, we preserve the stories of authors, editors and publishers who have experienced censorship or persecution. Band Voices does not necessarily endorse the views and opinions of its guests. Our role is to give them a platform to tell their story from their own perspectives. Today I'm talking with Edwin Gilty. Gilty is a Dutch whistleblower who wrote the book The Cover-Up General. The book focuses on the aftermath of a specific historical incident, the massacre or genocide of Srebrenica. Gilty describes himself as a completely normal man who was exposed to sensitive military information regarding the massacre and he felt it was his obligation to society to come forward with that information. Our interview was quite short, so I think it would be good for me to give some background information here. I'm guessing that outside of the region, not many people have very clear memories of the Bosnian War and the specific massacre that occurred here. Actually, I was only seven years old when it happened, but I do remember the TV coverage. Probably it was the first instance of war that I was aware of. So I'd like to give a general overview, bearing in mind that many of the details are contested even today, particularly by Bosnian and Serbian authorities. The following is an extract from a 2016 BBC report. In July 1995, tens of thousands of Bosnian Muslims had fled a Bosnian-Serb offensive and were under siege in Srebrenica, in today's eastern Bosnia. The area was meant to be a UN safe zone, and was protected by about 600 lightly armed Dutch peacekeepers. But on the 6th of July, the Bosnian Serb army began advancing, taking some peacekeepers hostage, and within days they'd entered Srebrenica itself. The Bosnian Serb army demanded that the Muslims hand over all of their weapons in exchange for safety, They then took aside the men between the ages of 12 and 77 for what they said would be interrogation. The first killings began just two days later. In all, over 8,000 Bosnian Muslims were killed in just five days, and 23,000 women and children were forcibly deported with reports of widespread torture and rape. Even 20 years on, victims are still being identified and reburied, While Serbia has apologised for what it says was a crime, it denies that the killings were a systematic attempt to eradicate a people, in other words, a genocide. So that is the BBC report from 24th of May 2016, produced by Mohamed Madi. And this is where Edwin Gilty comes in. In his book, Gilty exposes a cover-up by the Dutch military authorities regarding video footage of that war crime. The book was banned a year after publication in The Hague, which is very unusual in the Netherlands, and Guilty was placed under a gag order. The ban was eventually overturned by the Court of Appeal, allowing him to publish the book and to talk about its contents again. But the fallout is still ongoing for Guilty. Edwin isn't a native speaker of English, so it was very kind of him to agree to this interview. As you'll hear, I submitted questions to him in advance. It's worth reiterating at this point that I and the podcast exist to give platforms to people like him who have experienced censorship. 
I'm not an expert in this specific topic, which is still sensitive for many people, but I want to hear what he has to say. And if you continue listening, I'll assume so do you. Okay, Edwin, it's nice to meet you. Nice to see you. And uh, thank, thank you, you for, for having me. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for agreeing to do this. I know that uh, I know that English is not your first language and I really appreciate you agreeing to do it. I know it can be intimidating. So thanks for that. Well, I prepared a little, so. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We can do kind of a pre-prepared questions and let's see what we can do. Okay, so uh, why don't you tell me first about your background and about your experiences and about uh, where you come from? Well, I'm from uh, from The Hague. I was born here 50 years ago, and I'm a freelance editor and author of the cover-up general of this book. And some two decades ago, I was a call center employee at an internet provider. While working there, an agent of the Dutch military secret service tried to recruit me as an intelligence analyst. She had infiltrated the workplace just for this purpose. At the same time, however, the agent herself was being monitored secretly by another Dutch spy. Well, this situation got out of hand completely. And my nonfiction, my nonfiction thriller is a witness account of this particular scandal. I see. And this is why you, how did this lead you to the book? Uh, what, what exactly is in the book and why did you feel the need to write this book? Well, the, the situation I find myself in was quite surreal, to say the least. So I kept detailed notes of my experiences, which I turned into my book, The Cover-Up General. As things went off the rails at the internet provider, the police and other authorities got involved. The armed forces, however, pretended nothing had happened. That was when it decided to get the story out in the open. The Espoina scandal, I witnessed relates to the infamous Srebrenica film role. Dutch peacekeeping troops in former Yugoslavia had taken photos of the impending 1995 genocide. 1995 genocide. Serbian armed forces killed over 8,000 Bosnian civilians who should have been protected by the Dutch military, the military of my country. The pictures taken were mysteriously destroyed while being developed. Yet all evidence since points to this cover-up. I see. And so you wrote, you wrote this book, which was a kind of a expose. Yes, indeed. Telling people about this uh, cover-up and the photos specifically. And um, how did people react to this? What was the uh, what happened after you published this book? Army Trap Ross was infuriated once the book was published. And the former spy, the former spy started legal proceedings and the cover-up general was banned by the courts. A gag order prohibiting me to talk was issued as well. I was not allowed to say anything at all about the espionage scandal anymore, nor about my own experiences back in the day. In case I had, I would have been liable to a fine up to 100,000 euros. Of course, I appealed the verdict straight away. Censorship of this kind is something you would expect in North Korea, not in the Netherlands. Fortunately, the appeals court overturned the ban and ruled the accuracy of the book is not in doubt. The judges also acknowledged its importance with regard to the public discourse on Srebrenica. Yeah, I see. I know that uh, this kind of uh, censorship is very unusual in the Netherlands. 
I've studied the Netherlands and this history of censorship or lack of history of censorship is very is very unusual. What is the current status now of the book? What is its legality in 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 the Netherlands? Are you allowed to publish? Yes, yes. A new edition came out of the of the cover up general. So I'm happy about that. Also, a Boston translation will be published in Sarajevo later this year. Hence, the Boston people and surviving relatives of the victims can read about the way in which Dutch authorities bungled the Srebrenica, after, uh, the Srebrenica aftermath. I can tell you that, that being in and out of court was quite stressful. On top of that, I was subjected to disruption measures to discredit me and shut me up. All this, however, is of course insignificant in comparison to the Srebrenica drama. Even so, the unscrupulous conduct displayed by my government should have no place in a democracy. Yeah, so how did you, so now how do you feel about your book uh, these days and how do you feel about this process? Do you feel that um, your voice is trying to be silenced even now, even afterwards in this current time? No, they, they tried everything to uh, to silence me and it didn't work out. I mean, I won my uh, when my appeal at the Court of Appeals. There were three judges there that studied all, all my evidence and they said, you know, there's no doubt uh, about the accuracy of the book, so I don't feel that anymore, fortunately. That's nice. And how do the uh, Bosnian community, do they know about your book? How have they reacted? Yes, yes, that was because, you know, when the second edition was published, uh, the book had uh, received uh, worldwide uh, coverage. And that's, of course, also important because publicity is always a welcome safeguard to whistleblowers, of course, as you, uh, as you understand. Yeah, it got a lot of publicity all over the, uh, the Balkans, and I'm happy about that. That's very good. And what uh, I know that we are going uh, off topic now. I, I promised I would not ask you any more <laughs> questions, but I have to because <laughs> of course, no problem. I try to do my best. Yeah. yeah, if you don't mind, I just interested like in your personal background also, like uh, where, how, why is it that you were so involved with in, got personally involved with this? Do you have relatives over there? Is this something like that? Do you have family in that region? No, no, actually, I'm not from that uh, from this region at all. I'm, uh, I'm Dutch myself. I have uh, a little bit of uh, Indonesian blood because Indonesia used to be a Dutch uh, uh, colony. No, it was just because I was a witness of this scandal of uh, that that was all being played around uh, at the internet provider where I was uh, was 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 working, and uh, this this scandal was related to to the to the film role which was being suppressed by the Dutch armed forces. There was one faction, you know, of the uh, Dutch armed forces of Dutch military intelligence. They wanted to hide, they wanted to cover up this particular film role. And there was another faction that wanted to have everything out in the open. And yeah, I witnessed this and uh, I wrote down what I, uh, what I experienced, what I, what, what I saw. Yeah, and I was fortunately enough that I have a network in the Netherlands. I have my friends, I have my acquaintances, and you know, even my friends, they, they also have their friends. So I happen to, to, uh, to, uh, to, 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 to hear more and more inf background information about this, uh, this scandal from a, friend of my, uh, from a friend of a friend who was having a high uh, position at another Dutch secret service because they're 
two secret services, two main secret services in the Netherlands, the military secret service and the inter uh, interior secret service. Wow, that's amazing that you were uh, you were so motivated to write about people and write about an injustice that you didn't have personal like connections with. Usually it, I expected it would be like a family thing or some relatives, but you just felt like no, this is this is unacceptable, this is immoral and I need to tell people about it. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have solved this very quickly, you know, by being open about it, by telling right away what, what happened. And they continue to lie and lie and lie. Also, when the Dutch authorities uh, got involved, the police, you know, the national ombudsman in the Netherlands. And they, they still lie. They still try to cover up. And they, then they made the scandal bigger and bigger and bigger. At last, you know, I went to uh, to the Dutch uh, head of state. To the I wrote a letter to... Um, to Her Majesty Queen uh, Queen Beatrix, and she actually intervened in this in this in this scandal, which was fortunate for me, of course. So yeah, it, yeah you know, at 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 last, you know, and finally, it it uh, it escalated all the way to to the Dutch head of state. Yeah. yeah. And I understand that uh, your book was actually used as evidence by is it the mothers of Srebrenica? Is that right? Yeah, the uh, the the widows um, of uh, the eight thousand people uh, that were killed. I mean, were mostly uh, young men and, and adult men who were who were killed over eight thousand. The the widows and the mothers, you know, of these people who were killed, started a lawsuit against the Netherlands because uh, Dutch troops were supposed. To, um, to to protect the, the Muslims uh, living in the, the, the Bosnian enclave of Srebrenica uh, during the, uh, the war there. And the Dutch did not, and this is very unfortunate, it's a very extremely big scandal uh, in the Netherlands that the Dutch were not uh, willing to do more to protect uh, these Muslims from the advancing, uh, advancing Serbs. And yeah, uh, the mothers of Srebrenica started a lawsuit against the Netherlands. They wanted to have damages, uh, 1 billion, uh, billion euros, for the fact that the Dutch did not uh, protect uh, their, 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 their relatives. You know, they, they did not protect the people in, uh, in Srebrenica. And they also, you know, the lawyers, Dutch lawyers here in this country, they also used my book as one of many, many pieces of evidence uh, to make it clear that um, um, to make it clear that 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 information from uh, from the Netherlands was suppressed. That, uh, that the photos show, as I told, that uh, the uh, genocide was impending, and, and these 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 photos were were suppressed by the Netherlands, and that's a, that's a big scandal, of course. And today, does the does the Dutch military do they uh, do they acknowledge this and do they have they shown any sense of responsibility or this is still an ongoing legal battle? This is still an ongoing battle. But currently, I'm not 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 suing. I don't have the money uh, for that. But it's still unresolved and there's still you know it's I mean every year when the commemoration is there on the 11th of July, uh, new articles and new information comes out. Also, the the more and more Dutch veterans are telling their side of the story, are telling about their frustrations that they were not allowed to to to, to fight. Yeah. 
And what is your what is your expectation? Do you think that this is going to be resolved one or acknowledged one day, or do you think that this is will always try to be kind of buried? Well, the, the problem is that 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 so many people in the Netherlands, uh, so many authorities lied in the beginning since 1995. So it's difficult to 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 uncover what exactly happened. But uh, because more and more people are telling their story and more and more books are appearing about uh, Srebrenica in the Netherlands, I think s slowly uh, we are getting an idea, idea what what truly happened there. And uh, has, how has this experience affected you? Would you consider getting involved in something so controversial again? Do you do you still write? <laughs> I uh, work as an editor now, so I edit the books of other people uh, write, and I'm I'm happy uh, about that. And uh, yeah, this is a life changing experience, of course, for me. Uh, especially, like I said, the disruption measures that was that was that was hard for me, uh, stressful. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's been very interesting. It's an insight into a controversy that I didn't know existed. And I want to thank you also for sending the book. It was a great surprise when you sent, you didn't give me any indication that you would send the book. It suddenly appeared in the mail one day. It was a very, <laughs> it was a very nice surprise. Well, I'm glad, you know, that you added it to, you added it to, to your collection, of course. Uh, and I think you're doing a very good uh, work because, uh, you know, uh, it's still happening, you know, these days that books get uh, banned, which are, um, yeah, which, which are a bit controversial. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Even in countries you would not expect like the Netherlands. So it's, exactly. uh, the job never ends. Well, thank you, Edwin. It's very nice to talk to you. Okay. Bye. was my conversation with Edwin Giltay. I want to thank him for agreeing to the interview given the language barrier. This kind of book censorship is very unusual in the Netherlands, uh, so I thought it would be interesting to bring on a friend of mine. Lucas is a Dutch native and he is a core member of the Band Books team. Okay, so Lucas, I got a letter in the mail which said, hey, you have you have a package from uh, from the Netherlands, you need to go pick it up. And I thought it was some kind of nice surprise from you or your family, who I got yeah. along with very well when they visited the museum. So what was your initial reaction when when you found out that we had this book from the Netherlands? Very surprised, very surprised. Um, and I didn't know what to think of it a little bit. I was a little bit put off by it, but I also had a feeling that I, I thought this can't be. <laughs> basically right this is so crazy uh but then i you know i read the, the, the cover of the book and i scrolled through it and i thought oh, this is actually something that might you know it, the book is not about nothing you know it, it, it does uh, shine light on something that the, that the dutch government has actively i think uh tried to try to cover up at least uh, doesn't want to talk about it that's that's put it uh, lightly uh so then i'm like okay uh Wow, this could have happened. Um, and if, if it kind of happened one once, it might have happened uh, uh, more times. So I started researching it, delving uh, delving more into censorship in the Netherlands and, and you know, exploring the topic a bit broader. Um, and I found very like early cases of it a long time ago. It was more like religious based, uh, saying uh, like some schools didn't like children books, a certain type of children books. And I said. 
the children in this school will not read this book. You know, it, it's it's a very it, it's a form of censorship we see in many cultures. Um, so it's not saying it's good or bad. It's just you see it happening a lot. Uh, the other cases or, or or moments where the government has intervened is after the uh, the, the Second World War. Uh, you know, with with just you know not Nazi memorabilia. Uh, some footage about uh, Nazis in the Netherlands have been kind of not censored, not blocked, but not released um, because just the time wasn't right for it. And they kind of wanted that ideology to die out uh, after the war. But they have released them. Uh, I don't know the exact how many years ago, like three to five years ago, they released that kind of footage also. So it, it kind of shows this relatively good track record for a government not censoring anything, you know. Of course, um, there's limits to it. I think you you can get in trouble uh, selling books how to build bombs. I, I don't I don't think that that, <laughs> that that's something they would like. Um, so there's boundaries obviously to it. But but yes, just see this kind of story, which is not religious. It's not ideology. It's, it's about shining light on a topic the government wants to avoid, and then hearing the book got censored or like at least not allowed to be published anymore. Or no, that, that that was kind of a, kind of a shock, I think. Yeah, or, it also it also shocked me. It raised my eyebrow, and yeah. you know, I had to go and do some research into you, you know the specifics you of his story. You don't expect the government to be involved in this. This is not a government uh, from West Europe or 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 any any European country for that matter to, to be to doing something like that. It's kind of interesting for from that perspective, especially because the Dutch government is relatively trusting of its. People, I would say, they they don't they don't try try to claim a monopoly on what is wrong or right socially. This is just like a topic they didn't want to talk about because they somehow felt embarrassed about the things that happened there. But but you know, I I, I don't think it's that the behavior of doing it it what it didn't come across to me as something Dutch necessarily because we're quite direct people. We're loud. We say how things are. That's something that's both. That that's celebrated uh, throughout the country and maybe hated by others, you know. <laughs> like it's it's kind of an interesting <laughs> interesting mix, uh, very sober or, or like I uh, I don't know if that's the correct term for it. But we say nuchter. Uh, yeah, you just say how it is, and then f- to see that that didn't happen, um, it's kind of strange because it's a I would say if it's a topic that you actually feel uncomfortable discussing, that's the reason why you just discuss it more <laughs> because that's the most meaningful conversation you can have. Apparently, because there's there's friction involved with it, and then you know, it, uh, if, if you can be honest with yourself, you, then you can you can hold a conversation like that. It's also what I find very beautiful about your initiative that you this this topic of censorship is very hard. It's very, it's so it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to talk about, and 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 you still did it, and you still continue with it. Well, it's worth it to uh, to hear people like Edwin and to listen to his story and to be able to dig into it and uh, to bring him on the on the podcast and have that kind of conversation you know that's what makes it worth it and yeah. i think that you know you you being a dutch person and coming from that society with those particular values uh suits band books yeah i guess with regard to edwin we're gonna have to keep an eye on him and see how progress is made and see what happens to his book um, yeah. my guess is that there's going to be uh, more material coming out from him, I know that he's going to continue publishing other people's books actually as an editor. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what comes out of the Netherlands in the future. If anything gets banned in the future, <laughs> yeah. And if so, we might have to have him back. 
<laughs> and especially curious about uh, his translation of the book in the native tongue. I, I'm, I'm curious how that how they will respond to it also, and if that has any negative consequences on uh, on the Netherlands or, or any form of that. I'm also very curious to to see that. If you enjoyed our podcast, you can find more information about Bandbooks at www.bandbooksmuseum.com, where you can find links to all of our social media. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash bandbooksmuseum, where you can join our monthly book club. Your support is very much appreciated. This has been Joseph Dunnigan. Thank you for listening, and I'll speak to you next time. Mm-hmm.